0: Welcome back to Growing in Grace. Hope that you're enjoying the goodness of the Lord today. I want to uh, share with you some thoughts from the end of Isaiah chapter 40. We'll be looking at Isaiah chapter 40, verses 27 to 31. Isaiah is an intriguing book of the Bible. Uh, The Old Testament book of Isaiah, the first 39 chapters were written to warn of impending judgment. Uh, but then when you get into this chapter that we're going to look at, chapter 40, it's like he turns a corner and God begins to lay on his heart comfort, but it's comfort of a future deliverance. And it's definitely nice to know, isn't it, that there's coming a, a better day out there in the future. I mean, that's so so awesome to have in terms of hope. But I think that the last few verses here, verse 27 to 31, It also offers strength in the meantime. It's like, okay, I know that heaven's out there. I know the Lord's going to be waiting and so forth. But what about right now? What about this day? There's tough times. I feel exhausted. Those kind of things would uh, require that we find strength for now. Well, that's exactly what we're going to find. I'll tell you what kind of motivated me toward this message. My mother-in-law could not start her car last week. And so she called the mechanic and talked to him, and he said he was booked up for the next two weeks. So she said to me, would you by chance be able to take a look at it and see if you can discover anything? And not being a mechanic, I agreed, but I, was, <laughs> I wasn't i was making any promises. But I quickly discovered it was simply a dead battery. Her battery needed to be charged, so I was getting ready to boost it. When the neighbor says, hey, uh, what's going on over there? So we had the hoods on both cars up, my car and my mother-in-law's car. So he says, uh, hey, I've got just the thing if it's a dead battery. You don't have to use jumper cables. Let me give you my battery charger. So he brought his battery charger over there. It's very portable, just a small little case. We hooked it up to the battery of my mother-in-law's car. And guess what? Bang. I mean, immediately we had some some juices going. It cranked right up. And so we both were so happy. So uh, I went to the local auto parts store uh, with her car and they checked that battery and they said, you know what? That's a good battery. It just was depleted. I wonder if sometimes we're like that. We have a good battery. We have a stable relationship with the Lord. But let's say we just are exhausted, we're weary. And maybe we're weary in well-doing, but we just need a boost, a spiritual boost. So I want us to look at these verses and see how can we recharge a spiritual battery? That's what I think we're gonna talk about today. Verse 27 says, Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel? My way is hidden from the Lord, and my right is disregarded by my God. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint, and to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youths shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted, but they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. So let's consider this whole idea of how are spiritual batteries recharged anyway. When I look at verse 27, I definitely see a picture of someone in need of a recharge. And what I mean there is reassurance. The people of God were in Babylon. The nation of Israel had been taken exile. And so they were in Babylon and they were suffering all kinds of calamities and afflictions. They began to not only complain about things, but they began to doubt about God's love and God's purpose. They began to actually question. And so what you hear the prophet here quoting, he's quoting some of the the people's comments in the circles that he was moving in. As it says, my way is hidden from the Lord and my right is disregarded by my God. What were they saying? They were basically questioning God's awareness of their hardships. They were questioning his callousness to their deliverance. But here is a good friend, the prophet Isaiah, because this good friend Isaiah holds them accountable. He asks them the hard question, like, why is it that you're talking this way? Why are you saying that God is disregarding you? Why are you saying that he doesn't see all that you're going through? You know, knowing their history As an Old Testament prophet, Isaiah calls them by their true identity. Remember, Israel had a name before it was given the name Israel, and that name was Jacob. He calls them by their past. Everybody's got a past. I have one. I'm sure you have one as well. But whenever God is using the prophet Isaiah and he calls them Jacob, he's basically saying, remember, You once were a deceiver, but then I gave you a new name, not a past name, but a name of promise, and that name was Israel. Israel means God prevails. So the whole question they're asking is, why? How could he forget them? You know, I think they really were struggling with that. If I could give you any word of advice as you're uh, going through this week, I would say, Do not trust how you feel about God. Trust what God reveals about Himself. You know, in Isaiah, not chapter 40, but over in chapter 49, listen to what the Lord says to them about this whole idea of Him forgetting them. Sing for joy, O heavens, and exult, O earth. Break forth, O mountains, into singing. For the Lord has comforted His people And will have compassion on his afflicted. But Zion said, The Lord has forsaken me. My Lord has forgotten me. Can a woman forget her nursing child that she should have no compassion on the son of her womb? Even these may forget, yet I will not forget you. Behold, I've engraved you on the palms of my hands." Your walls are continually before me. Do you hear what the Lord is trying to say to them? It's a word of reassurance. Sometimes we're depleted because we feel like we're all alone, that God doesn't see, God doesn't know, and God doesn't care. But the truth is, He does care. He is there. And so you need to go back to Him for a word of reassurance. But also when you go back to Him, You may hear him encouraging you to take a moment for some reflection. There's a shift in verse 28 to the past tense of the verbs in the two leading questions. The prophet is calling God's people to remember, to remember some past lessons they seem to have forgotten. Have you not known? Have you not heard? So basically, the answer would be to these rhetorical questions yes, we've learned that before. You see, they were suffering from a little, well, why don't we call it spiritual amnesia? You know, those who have loved ones who've dealt with Alzheimer's or dementia or amnesia, the hardest part for the loved one is whenever the one that is uh, suffering from amnesia or Alzheimer's, when they forget the years of devotion, the years of love, the years of service that you spent together. And so what Isaiah is trying to do, he's trying to remind them, think back. The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. You see what he's trying to do? He's trying to jog their memory, to bring them back to reality. God's been watching over this nation for a long time. So Isaiah offers to help Israel to connect the dots. And he begins by saying, you know what? God's existence is undeniable. It's unchangeable. That's why he calls him the everlasting God. But then when he says he's the creator of the ends of the earth, He's trying to remind them that his creativity is unscalable, unattainable. He is definitely able to get them out of this mess if they will simply turn to him and trust him. And then God's stamina, when he says he does not faint or grow weary, I'm sure that these exiles over there, they felt weary, but not God. His stamina is uncrushable and unbreakable. His understanding, he says, is unsearchable, unimaginable. See, we forget lessons like these that we have learned about God. But even if we forget, God doesn't forget. You know, Isaiah 41, 21 says uh, that God remembers the things. Even if we've forgotten him in Isaiah 44 and verse 21, it says, Remember these things, O Jacob and Israel, for you are my servants. I formed you. You are my servant. O Israel, you will not be forgotten by me. You see, God kept telling Isaiah, Isaiah, you need to remind the people that I've not forgotten about them. So let's move from expressing a need for reassurance and taking a moment for reflection and looking at the whole idea I believe that's addressed in verse 29 of coming to the Lord to relax. You see, the people of Israel were spiritually exhausted from trying to keep the law when they heard the Lord Jesus Christ say these words in Matthew 11:28 28 to 30. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. You know, it sounds to me like the Lord's saying, just come to me, just come to me and relax. Let me love on you. Let me recharge you. You know, when you boost a dead battery, it doesn't have to strive and just try as hard as it can. No, actually, it can't do a thing. All it can do is just sit there. And so you're going to hook those battery cables up to it, and then the power will begin. Well, it's the same with God. Look at verse 29. He gives power to the faint and to him who has no might, he increases strength. Wow, I'd say that's pretty lifeless, faint, no might. You see, while we relax, he recharges. He's the one that gives power. He's the one who gives strength. And so that's why the Lord is trying to give us a message here. And he's trying to say, if you really want to, unwind. If you really want to relax, if you really need peace, then come to me. That's why I think this fourth step is very important that is sort of covered in verse 30 and for sure at the beginning of verse 31. Even youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall fall exhausted, but they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. I think the fourth important consideration that we should have from this passage is to understand the reason for the return. You know, why doesn't the Lord just give us spiritual batteries that never need boosting? I think he has a reason. You see, the Lord is unexhausted and he's inexhaustible. So he could have blessed us with eternal vigor, with eternal power, so that we'd never have to go back to him again. You see, he didn't because he delights in having us return to him for the relationship that he longs to have with us. Did you know that God longs to have a personal relationship with you? You see, our depletion is merely a natural reminder of his resource. That's why every day that we live, you know what God wants us to do? He doesn't want us to walk away from Him. He wants us to walk toward Him. If we'll start our day by walking toward Him, then He will walk with us as we go through every day, or maybe to put it in a different light, we will walk with Him as we go through the day. See the difference? What I'm trying to say is that the purpose for our weariness is to rely upon God's fullness. That's what I see in these passage passages. You know, who needs to return to the Lord? Well, it says here, even youths shall faint and be weary and young men shall fall exhausted. So basically, who needs to return to the Lord? All of us, every generation, any age group. It doesn't matter who you are. All of us will at some point say, you know what? I'm so tired. I'm just depleted of all my spiritual energy. That's who needs to go to the Lord. And that also includes when we should go to the Lord. Personally, I go to the Lord before I get tired. I go to the Lord when I wake up first thing in the morning and I'm so excited to uh, get through the shower and shaving and all those things just so I can meet with the Lord. Well, when should we return to the Lord is obvious. He says here, whenever we faint, when we feel weary, when we're about to fall from exhaustion, that's when we should return to the Lord. But oftentimes we don't. We'll just kind of veg out in front of the TV, or we'll get on social media and scroll through things for a while, and that's how we relax. But the problem is we're not strengthening that personal relationship with the Lord. And that's why I just encourage you to return to Him. And when we do return to Him, I would say the other thing about understanding the reason to return is to wait. Wait as we return to the Lord. To wait, to wait for what? No, it's not wait for what, it's wait for who. Verse 31 says, but they who wait for the Lord, You see the personal relationship there? They who wait for the Lord, they're the ones that are going to be renewed in their spiritual strength. You know, that's why every morning I read four passages of Scripture. I read an Old Testament passage. I read a passage from the Psalms. I read a passage from Proverbs, and I read a passage from the New Testament. The passage from Psalms is the one I begin with. Because I want to start my day with a high view of God. I want to start my day looking at how great and mighty and powerful and faithful and merciful and wise that He is. But I go to Proverbs next because I want to know how does that God, that God, how is it that He can direct my steps as I go through my day on a very practical basis? Have you ever read Proverbs? Let me tell you, it's so practical in all the issues that it addresses. But then I like to read in the Gospels because my lifelong passion is to become more like Jesus. And when I read that New Testament passage, I feel like I'm learning more about the Son of God. And I'm learning more about how should my attitude be? What should my relationships be like? What about my words? How should I talk to other people? You know, So all of those things are shaped and molded by that New Testament passage. But then if I have time, I go back to the other Old Testament passage. Right now, I'm reading in Genesis. I'm learning about my creator. I'm seeing how he worked in our world. He didn't just wind it up and then just set it down and, and sort of stand aloof and watch it. Oh, no. When you read through the Old Testament, you'll see God at work in the world. He's still the Lord of history, working out all of mankind's story to make his story. So anyway, I just, I can't wait to meet with him each day. So I encourage you to return to him. Don't wait till you run out of gas spiritually. No, go to him every single day and say, Lord, I'm ready for a fill up before I even know what's coming for my day. Well, the last thing is verse 31, the remaining part. You see, the prophet Isaiah was inspired by the Holy Spirit to close this uplifting text with a vivid picture of spiritual renewal. What does spiritual renewal look like? Well, if I were trying to tell you what a charged battery looks like, then what I would describe is what happened last week when I recharged the battery of my mother-in-law's vehicle. Three exciting things happened. The first was the engine cranked. That's when I saw her crack a smile. It was so fulfilling to uh, bring her joy like that. But when she heard that engine crank, she was so excited. But I was excited because the lights came on in that dark garage. And then not only that, but on the dashboard, suddenly all those messages and all the different controls, all the settings and all of that, they suddenly appeared. I was in the dark before that. Can you picture it? Well... You know what? God wants you to picture what spiritual renewal looks like. He wants you to have a picture in your mind of what does it look like if we take the time to go back to him and say, God, I need to fill up. God, I need you to recharge my battery. I'm just so tired. So he closes with three unforgettable word pictures. You know, he says, but they who wait for the Lord... Shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Three closing words that I think are like pictures that I want to give to you. When you're thinking of, can God help me? I want to give you these three words He'll help you, all right. He'll help you soar. He'll help you sprint. And He'll help you stroll. You see, The eagle, I'm told, he doesn't have to try to fly through a storm the best he can. An eagle is actually capable of going really high, perhaps higher than the other birds could fly, but an eagle can soar and go over the top of a storm. You know, God doesn't take us out of every storm, but I'll tell you what he'll do. He'll give you power so that you can soar on a higher level spiritually than what you're feeling emotionally or what you're experiencing physically or financially or relationally or whatever. So I want you to have in your mind a picture of spiritual renewal is you soaring, like God taking you high up so you can see things from a a lofty perspective. But then sometimes I think we need another image of whenever we're just on the go, and we have so many things to do in our life in our day. And so he says they shall run and not be weary. So that's why I'm thinking in terms of a runner. You ever watch the Olympics? Did you ever watch any high school students run track? Wow. Sprinting. You know, I'm saying sprinting for a reason. Because remember, I don't think God calls us to just go run a marathon without him. Nope. I think it's like a sprint because a sprinter runs a short distance and then he rests, he goes back, he's recharged, he's renewed, he's ready for the next time when he has a track meet to run again. I think that's the way God will help us. He will help us run every day if we keep going back to him again. Lord, I did a lot of things yesterday, but I've got a lot of things to do today. So when you have that list to do, then you just go to him and say, Lord, I need to run today and there's no time for me to be weary. And I guarantee you, you'll find him faithful. One more thing, they shall walk and not faint. You know what? I think life is really a lot like a stroll. It's a lot like walking, isn't it? I mean, we just have to take God by the hand. We have to walk with him just one step at a time. That's what I see a lot of life is like. A lot of times people are looking for big flash and 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 big, big events and so forth, and they're fun, aren't they? I love to have big events and so forth. But I think that most of us, we just kind of live life one day at a time, don't we? You're getting the kids to school. You're going into work. Uh, you're coming home from work. Uh, perhaps you're uh, working out in the yard. Maybe you're uh, touching base with your spouse. Maybe you're uh, meeting with some friends. I don't know what it is, but really, life is just about learning how to walk. And you know what? God can help you do that. God can give you strength to do that so that you don't faint as you're walking through each and every day. I'm just telling you, God knows how to recharge spiritual batteries. And this passage tells us how he does it. And so I just encourage you, rather than going with the to-do list and and sort of assuming well i don't have time to meet with god today i would say if you'll take the time to meet with him you'll have time and you'll have strength you'll have energy you'll have joy you'll have direction through all those other things that you'd like to do listen out of all the chapters in the bible i would say that isaiah chapter 40 is perhaps one of the top 10. I really mean that with all my heart. If you'll read before we started, I mean, read from verse one down through verse 26. Oh, let me tell you, you'll have a breathtaking vision of how big that your God is. Listen, He's got the strength that we're looking for. He is not weary like we are. He's not tired. So just go to Him, go to Him every day and just simply say, Lord, all I can do is just just relax in you. All I can do is say, God, you got to recharge me because I don't have anything left to give to my wife, to give to my kids, to give the, the group that I lead at work or, or the group that I lead at church. Why don't you ask God to refresh your spirit? Let's pray together. Lord, I thank you so much for how refreshing your word is. I thank you for how you can revive us by your Holy Spirit as we come into your presence and just simply say, Lord, I'm here to just wait. I'm here to linger. I'm here to just enjoy you and and our time together. So Lord, I pray for those that are listening that you would bless their times with you. Rather than those being dry times, would you fill their times with a freshness that comes from your presence? I pray that you would give those that are needing joy, joy, Those that are looking for guidance, give them direction. Those that are troubled, give them peace. Those that have been through hurt and loss, I pray you comfort them. Lord, help them to find whatever their hearts are needing and and craving. I know that it's all found in you. And so help us, O Lord, as we go through the rest of our week to simply wait upon the Lord. Because if we will, I know that you will help us to run and not be weary. (laughs) So anyway, bless us as we go from this time. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Okay, friends, I'm glad you're with us. I hope you'll come again sometime to listen to Growing Grace. God's got so much grace. It's abundant. It's available to you. So just take advantage of it. Spend time with Him each and every day. God bless.